My name is Bobby, and welcome to Lost in Transliteration. This podcast has been set up to talk about a variety of topics concerning Yah and his ways. A disclaimer, this is to provoke thought and action, to get you to study, read, and pray. And with that sentiment, welcome and enjoy the following teaching. Shema, O Yasharel, Yahuwah Eloheinu, Yahuwah is one. Now that is from Deuteronomy 6, and I highly recommend reading this chapter, like today. But since you're still here, let us talk about this first word, Shema, and do a little word study. Now, side note, I always heard this word as like Shema, but after doing some research, uh, I realized I was wrong too. And it's, uh, it's actually pronounced Shema. And there's actually one other pronunciation I will dare bother you with today. Shema means to hear. Okay. And thank you for listening to the podcast. No, that's not funny. I'm not funny. Um, Shema is actually from the Strong's H8085. And yes, it means to hear as far as the concordance is concerned, but it is also translated into other words, which have distinct meanings. Now, this word is actually used. 1,160 times, or 1,160, depending on what kind of person you are, uh, in the Old Testament. And it is just in 39 books we consider scripture today. Now, this doesn't include any other books from the original King James Version, nor the 60 I have in my Sefer today. By the way, the Sefer is a book of scripture. I highly recommend it. It's the one I use for translations. I'm not saying it's perfect. Shema is translated in English as listen, hear, or heard, hearken, and obey. Now, there are a few more like proclaim, but we need to put this word in context in scripture to understand it fully. So let's look at some passages to see some of these different translations. Now, the first time this word is used is actually in Genesis 3, and you may know just by this one piece of scripture that I read you what story this is, but if you don't, it's Adam, um, and he is hiding. First time the word is used in Genesis 3. And they heard the voice of Yahuwah Elohim walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And the man and his woman hid themselves from the presence of Yahuwah Elohim amongst the trees of the garden. It is mentioned again in verse 10 with the exact same translation referring to the exact same situation. But then in verse 17, just a few verses later, it says this. And unto Adam he said, Because you have hearkened unto the voice of your woman, of which I commanded you, saying, You shall not eat of it. Curse is the ground for your sake, and sorrow you shall eat it all the days of your life. Now, let us take pause here, because the first word was heard, and that was in verse 8, and the, and the second word was hearken, which was in verse 17. Now, even though this is the same root word shama, or shema, there we go, I did it again, heard and hearken in context here mean two distinct things. Now, if we go over to the English translation of here, uh, it means to perceive or to become aware of by ear. Now, that's the best one. There's, there's multiple options, but that's the best one to understand that they heard the Father's voice and they ran away into the trees. Now, hearken in verse 17 is, it could mean to listen or it could mean to give respectful attention. Now, not only did he give respectful attention, though, he actually ate of it. So he thought about it, he gave respectful attention, and then he acted upon those actions. Now, the reason why I give you the English translations of those two is because we're going to get into the one that's kind of out there. Now, the first time the derivative of Shema is translated to obey is in Genesis 22. Now, this story is Avraham being talked to by the father, 
And he says in verse 18, and in your seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed because you have obeyed my voice. Now, heard, hearken, and obey are all English words translated from the Hebrew word shemeh. So two quick points before we go any further. The first point is, this is not the first nor the last word that is in Hebrew that we will come upon that can be translated into many English words. Shema, we can derive a specific meaning that can fit into all these spots that is used in scripture, whether plural or singular, with the root or its derivative. Now, when I say derivative, and this goes for future teachings as well, I mean vowel markings specifically, but also you could have an extra letter like ahav or ahab is love, but then if you add an extra H, it's a different word for love and typically has a different meaning. So it'd be ahava. And this obviously makes things a lot easier when translating. However, all three examples I gave you here, just to be clear, is from the Strong's H8085. Now, the second point I want to make sure that we understand is the time frame that we're looking at when these words were first spoken. Now, I don't know what kind of technology was available back when, but people don't have, didn't have books in every single room in their homes. They drew words in the ground or etched it into wood and stone. Now, there probably was paper back in the day, but mostly they spoke the living word. And because they didn't have television or other devices, they had a great memory, much better than we can possibly fathom today. And how do I know I'm right that they taught their children? Well, that's because I'm a genius. Okay, that's not it, obviously. Uh, it's because of Yahuwah's command in Deuteronomy 6. See, I told you, you should have read it already. Deuteronomy 6, verse 7, And you shall teach them diligently to your children, and you shall talk to them when you sit in your house, and when you walk by the way, and when you lie down, and when you rise up. Now, side note here, I need to do a better job of this as a parent. I'm not perfect. I fail in this a lot, but I am trying. Now, back from that little side note. So, Shemat not only would have been a word in Hebrew that they would have known, but something they were actively doing when they were listening to the word. So Shema, in many respects, is the same as our English translation to hear, listen, and hearken. And maybe it is the bastardization of our English language that makes us have to even do a word study in the first place. Because even our English definition says hear means to gain knowledge by hearing or listen with attention. Because hearken and hear and listen mean pretty much the same thing. But there is one outlier here. And that's why is Shema sometimes translated as obey? Now, to answer that question, we are going to, for the first time on this podcast, talk about the Paleo-Hebrew. Paleo-Hebrew is the most ancient form of Hebrew that we know today. Now, this ancient form of Hebrew, the Paleo, was actually a pictographic language. And each letter not only had a picture, but in turn, each picture had a meaning. The root for Shema here has three letters, Shen, Mem, and An. Now, Shen means to devour or to consume. Mem is a picture of water and can mean that or also to sacrifice or to come out of. And lastly, An is a picture of an eye, which means to see or to know or to understand or to watch. Now, if we take these letters and their pictographic meaning, we can understand Shema in a whole new way, and that is to consume to understand, and to sacrifice. Now, this goes directly into the meaning of Shema that we know today. When you hear or hearken to someone's word, you're consuming them. 
And when you consume them, you come to an understanding of them. And when you understand them, if you agree, you sacrifice for them. So to break it down for you, you hear with your consuming ears. You understand with your mind. You sacrifice by obeying or putting it into action. So now that we understand this word, it is time to get to the point of the word study. <laughs> I mean, you know, knowing the word's great. But the only thing that really matters is, did our Messiah use the word? And the answer is yes. And the coolest part, he didn't only talk about it, but it was foretold. You see, Yahuwah conveyed this through a message to Moses in Deuteronomy 18. Starting in Deuteronomy 15, Yahuwah Elohaika will raise up unto you a prophet from the midst of you, of your brethren, like unto me, unto him ye shall shemeh. And continuing in verse 18, I will raise them up a prophet from among their brethren, like unto you, and I will put my words, my words, in his mouth, and he shall speak unto them all that I shall command them. So he came to speak Yahuwah's words, and what did he command them? Well, that is answered in the next teaching, and I hope you're looking forward to it, because I am. But for this teaching, I can tell you he spoke the word Shemeh many times. Here is an example in Matthew eleven fifteen. He who has ears, let him hear. Now, this phrase has been mentioned more than 16 times and referenced a half a dozen more times by our Messiah. But we know he spoke Hebrew. And because of this teaching, you have ears to know that our Messiah didn't say, let him hear, but instead he said, Shemeh. So let's look at another passage and add Shemeh in where it should be. Luke 14, verse 34. Salt is good. But if the salt have lost its flavor, wherewith shall it be seasoned? It is neither fit for the land, nor yet for the dunghill. But men cast it out. He that has ears to hear, Shemeh. Now, how do we know this word is used? Well, in the newly released Hebrew Gospels, which have been hidden away for many years, this is the specific Hebrew word used in every one of these parts. So Messiah is confirming Deuteronomy 18 here. It is also confirming he is the one we've been waiting for. And then what should we do now? We should hear and obey his words. These are the words the Father has given our Messiah to speak. He is speaking these words in the Father's name. And what happens if we don't? Let's look back at Deuteronomy 18 verse 19. And it shall come to pass that whomsoever will not shemeh, Unto my words, which he shall speak in my name, I will require it of him. Now, this is chilling, especially if you know <laughs> the Paleo Hebrew of what require it of him means, but I will let you search that out on your own. I, however, will leave you with this sentiment. In Deuteronomy 29, it says, Yahuwah hadn't given them, the people of Yashorel, eyes to see or ears to hear unto that day. Now, this was towards the end of their 40-year wilderness journey, but they saw many amazing works and miracles, and they still didn't shema him. We, though, now have a chance. We know we are Yasharel, not some other people group. We know now we are to be called out. And now we know that Yahushua came speaking our Father's words, and we are supposed to shema them. We need to hearken to the words of our Messiah, Yahushua. Why? Because his lost sheep hear his voice. That is, his lost sheep, Shema, 
his voice. We are to consume, then we understand, and then we sacrifice. And this is our journey until we are back with him. So, Shema O Yasharel, Yahuwah Oheinu, Yahuwah is Akkad. Thank you for listening to Lost in Transliteration. But you shouldn't be done yet because it is the glory of Elohim to hide a matter and the honor of kings to search a matter out. Be a king. I implore you to read the scriptures in spirit and truth. And if I am wrong about anything, I teach it needs to be corrected. For we all know in part and we prophesy in part. But when that which is perfect comes, then that which is in part shall be done away with. Thank you again and Ahava and Shalom to all of you. Thank you.